0: My name is Dan Lemke. This is my wife, Jackie, and uh, it is our great privilege to be able to speak in front of you today. Um, For those of you who are not from Minnesota, I just want you to know it's always like this weather-wise outside. It's great, 365 days a year. For those of you who are from Minnesota, you know that I'm lying my rear end off, but it is very nice, so we're glad that you're here and actually being able to enjoy uh, some of this really nice weather. Before we get started, just a little bit about us. We are not professional speakers. There are some great speakers at this event. We are not them. We are just regular people. Um, Jackie spent 20 years in education and now works actually in uh, Lutheran Campus Ministry. Uh, I write about soybeans. So if anybody after the session wants to come up and talk soybeans, I can rap with you all day long. So that's kind of a little bit about us. But we have had the good pleasure to be at uh, several... um, National youth gatherings before Jackie attended as a youth um, we have brought uh, Youth groups before we've been uh, several of them San Antonio twice New Orleans, Atlanta, Orlando But in all of those times never once did we think that we actually would ever be one of the people or two of the people up here uh, Presenting but I guess that's uh, a path that God has chosen for us. So hopefully something we say today will make sense
1: um, As you may know uh, we are speaking about grief and loss and involving a loved one. And I know that can be kind of a hard subject, but we appreciate the fact that you're here today. And we hope that even though it might be difficult to think about this, and it might seem like kind of a sober subject, we're hoping that you're gonna walk away with some hope and definitely know that we have a real and present God. Um, I'm gonna take a little survey, if I may. Here comes the
0: teacher part. (laughs)
1: i was just wondering if, you, if you're comfortable. Um, would you raise your hand if you have lost a loved one, whether it's a grandparent, a parent, a sibling, a friend? OK. Uh, for those of you who have not raised your hands. Actually, I'm going to make you keep your hands up just a little bit longer. Thank you so much. Uh, for those of you not raising your hands, how many of you think you may experience the loss of a loved one? Yep. That's exactly what we thought, too. Thank you. You can go ahead and put your hands down. Um, the, you know, uh, we don't want to point out the inevitable, and yet, at the same time, we also want uh, you to recognize the fact that, that this is a very relevant subject to all of us. Um, you know, Elijah and Enoch, for some reason, were chosen not to experience a physical death, but for the rest of us, that is likely to be the case, and we are also likely to experience that with some people that we love. But we do have good news, and that's part of what we're going to do today. Now I'll
0: hand it over. So a little bit about our story. Um, Jackie and I met at college in 1984, which is a long time ago, for those of you keeping score. And most of you, I'm assuming, are either in college or approaching college. My warning to you is stay away from the library. We met the one and only time my freshman year that I went to the library. It was the night before the last final of our spring semester. So it was the last day of the year and I met this young thing sitting at the library uh, table, and I I walked past her about 10 times, and we got married three years later. Isn't she cute? Um, So then about uh, 1991, our son Dustin was born. Uh, We'd been married about four years, and then in 1994, our daughter Kirsten was born, and we were just like every other, you know, pretty much normal parents. We worked. We raised our kids. um, We played with our kids. They grew up attending church. Jackie's been a church musician for over 30 years, so pretty much every Sunday morning, whether they wanted to or not, they were with us at worship. And it didn't take long before that was certainly not an issue, getting them to worship. They wanted to go. In fact, they were involved in the youth group and both actually had the opportunity to play in a youth band that our church had. And they were both invited to play at national youth gatherings as hotel bands. And so uh, Dustin was able to play in Orlando and Kirsten played at San Antonio. So that was a real highlight for us. Um, Dustin graduated high school uh, from Mankato East. Uh, we grew up about, or we uh, live about an hour and a half away from here. You know you're from the Midwest if you speak in distances by time instead of miles. Um, so we're not far from home, but uh, he graduated from Mankato East and attended North Dakota State University, which is why go Bison. Um, he was attending there as a uh, pre-pharmacy major. And uh, In February of 2010, it actually was Super Bowl Sunday, and I really dislike Super Bowl Sunday, not only because, as a Viking fan, we've never had great success at that event. Yeah, tell me about it. But uh, Dustin had come home that weekend just to hang out with friends. Um, He had started his second semester of, of college, but came home for that weekend to hang out, just do normal teenage things, and got the opportunity to, you know, go actually went skating and did some other goofy stuff that kids will do. And then Sunday morning, he played guitar played bass guitar with Jackie at worship and didn't realize at that point that that would be the last time that we would ever have him uh, playing for worship with us Um, they were due to head back to NDSU which was about a five-hour drive for us and and there was a storm approaching and so we encouraged them to get going sooner to try and beat the storm because um, I, I always joke about the Red River Valley you can watch your dog run away for three days it's that flat and the storm was coming and it's not a great place to be caught and unfortunately they didn't uh, didn't make it back to Fargo, about an hour short of Fargo, the driver of the of the car, this was the one time that Dustin was not the driver, uh, hit a patch of ice, lost control, and went into the median. Well, Dustin and another boy, Savani, um, who was a student at NDSU as well from Mankato East, got out to look where they were just to find a, a marker, a mile marker or something to call a tow truck, and another vehicle lost control and hit both boys. And Unfortunately for Dustin, it would uh, be a, a fatal injury. Uh, so we got a call from the driver's dad about five o'clock that evening that there was an accident and we needed to get to Fargo. And of course, that's you know as a parent, that's never news that you wanna hear. So we grabbed our daughter who was 15 at the time. We grabbed some bags and we drove uh, to Fargo. Uh, ordinarily, as I said, it's about a five hour drive. This time it took us seven and a half because the weather was so bad. There was a threat of them closing the roads, and we were trying to figure out how we were going to get there. Um, we got partway there, and Jackie was on the phone with the surgeon, and he informed us that Dustin was not going to survive his injuries. So I had the joy of telling my 15 year old daughter that her brother wasn't going to be coming home. That was not uh, a highlight of my life, for sure. Uh, we were able to make it to Fargo um, about midnight. Dustin was was still uh, still alive at that point. They had uh, kept him on some machines, but uh, he never was responsive to us when we got there. Um, and then about three o'clock in the morning, 3.11 a.m. to be exact, on February 8th, he went to be with Jesus. And that was, uh, you know, that whole stretch and, and, the, and the following days are pretty much just a blur. Um, we tried to get a hotel room to get some sleep. Well, that was pretty much pointless. So the next morning, we ended up going back to NDSU to pick up his stuff from his dorm room that just a few months prior, we had been so happy to, you know, to load up. You know, it was a great chapter in his life starting, and now we had to go and bring everything home, and unfortunately, he wasn't gonna come with us. Sold his books back to the bookstore. We had to pick up his trombone. He was in the wind ensemble at NDSU, and, and just all these things and all these hopes that we thought uh, would come about through his life we were suddenly just, just turned completely upside down. So on the drive back, you know, it was bad roads again, but we got home and the next few days, just overwhelmed with love from people. It was an amazing occurrence because Dustin was a well liked kid. I wouldn't say he was, you know, Mr. Popular, but he was a well liked kid and had a lot of friends and we had a lot of friends. And the next days we were pretty much almost night and day we had friends over. I mean, that was such a comfort to have all those people with us and the challenge I think for a lot of the high school kids was the fact that this in many cases was the first time because Dustin had only been out a few months and had a lot of friends left in high school. This was the first time that they'd really had to deal with the loss of someone, a contemporary, someone that they knew that they probably liked and really had to deal with loss and grief for the first time and not sure that they were really all that equipped for it. So a lot of kids searching, um, at that point. And, uh, we had, had the burial, we kind of did things in reverse of how many traditional funeral processes go, if you will. We had the burial on Friday. That was the first thing we did. That night we went to the uh, Mankatoeese basketball game, a team, he had played on the team the year before and they had a tribute for him. Um, the, the parents and the players, not only from the home team but from the visiting Rochester team, were just overwhelming. It was quite the, quite the experience. The next day we had the visitation. And uh, we stood for seven and a half hours because people just kept coming, and we were so touched by that. You you would think that it would be kind of a depressing thing. It was really amazing to probably get 900 hugs over the course of a day. We had people that waited in line for three hours to come up to us to say something, and by the time they got to us, they couldn't say a word. They didn't know what to say, and it didn't matter What mattered was that they were there. Their presence meant absolutely everything because nothing they were going to say was going to take the hurt away or bring Dustin back, but just the fact that they were there to walk with us meant absolutely, absolutely everything. And then the the funeral finally took place. Actually, it was on Valentine's Day, so we have a a special meeting, I guess, for Valentine's Day at our family. Jackie doesn't mind if I don't buy her flowers that day, so I'm (laughs) kind of off the hook a little bit, I guess. Uh, we, We had the funeral that day, and again, there was... Our church sanctuary held about five hundred people, and there was a thousand people there. Again, not so much to this isn't to illustrate that Dustin was such a great kid, which of course, as parents, we think he was, but the fact that there were a lot of kids, a lot of people searching, a lot of people um, lost. Some were church kids, some were not. But this was an opportunity for the Gospel of Jesus Christ to be preached, and it was uh, kind of of an amazing experience to have. You know, that many, that many people and that focused just looking to hear words of hope. And, of course, we find that hope in the words of Jesus.
1: The funeral itself, we um, knew that we would struggle if it was really heavy. Um, and so we decided that we needed to keep it as joyful as possible. And so uh, we also knew that his friends w- would struggle as well. So um, in that light, uh, we worked really hard to not include a lot of eulogizing No sad songs. They tried to kind of bring some sentimental ones in, and we said no. We just really need to keep this super hopeful, Um, use things that will point everybody to Jesus and the hope that we have there. And that fits really with Dustin, too. If you take a look at his picture, I know he's got his head, he was just being dumb. He was just, he stuck his head through a bush, and the photographer took a picture of it. So you're probably wondering. Took
0: us an hour to get him out of there, though.
1: (laughs) Uh, But that was kind of his spirit. It was just really. Pretty upbeat guy, and uh, just to give you an idea, for those of you who are familiar with the church seasons, um, most of us know mm-hmm. that Lent comes right before Easter, and it's usually more of a solemn uh, time when you kind of consider God, God's gift in Jesus and and His sacrifices. And and Dustin disliked Lent for everything. As soon as I started playing the first Lenten hymn or song, he was like, "No." You know, and he was pretty much that way for the whole six weeks, until we got to Easter. So he was definitely a happy ending kind of guy. So with that in mind, we talked. um, We had an Easter celebration uh, for the funeral, including his favorite hymn, which was "Jesus Christ Is Risen Today." Um, And we tried to just celebrate the fact that he has new life. I mean, which is you know God's grace and mercy through Jesus, you know, death and resurrection at Easter and so that's what we wanted to bring across. Years before I had had a vision and um, at the time it didn't make any sense to me and it was actually about an Easter funeral. And um, in that same vision I saw Dustin and his youth band um, singing and playing Me and Jesus by Stellar Cart. Now I realize that's kind of an old song but it it was more popular I guess back then. And uh, it turns out the day of, his, you know, we didn't even think of that until after the fact. But it turns out that on the funeral day, we ended up having an Easter celebration. And the youth man um, sang me and Jesus by Stellar Cart. Is Jonathan Zeller in here by chance? Jonathan, will you stand up for just a second? I'm so glad you're here. Jonathan sang it. For us, um, and it was pretty amazing because that was kind of a hard song, pretty tough lyrics, and he did an amazing job. Thank you for being here. And uh, so, anyway, if you don't mind, we actually got a volunteer, and she said she would be willing to read these words for us because there's two. By the way, there's two slides just so you can get an idea of God's how He prepared us for that day.
0: When there's nowhere else, all your bridges have been... Wait, when there's nowhere else to, to turn, to turn, all your bridges have been Burn. burned. <laughs> feel like you you've hit a rock bottom. Don't give up, it's not the end. Open up your heart again. When you feel like no one understands where you are, someone loves you even when you don't think so. Don't you know you got me and Jesus by your side? the fight you will never be alone and your own you got me and jesus
1: awesome thank you you did a great job so um the funeral message you know that too was all about the gospel our friend dave did an awesome job of talking about jesus and like dan mentioned there was just a lot of people there searching and a lot of people who knew the story of jesus but there are a lot that didn't so um god used it for good and it reminded us that god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and then got, Jesus died and rose again to conquer sin, death, and devil so that Dustin lives. And we were so grateful for that. Um, the funeral concluded with a song, Oh, When the Saints Go Marching In. I know it's kind of an oldie, um, but I don't know about some of you, but one of our traditions for a while was that we would play that on All Saints Sunday to remember those who had gone before us. And Dan, or Dan, Dan um, Dustin uh, used to do a trombone part to it that was pretty fun. You know, they made it kind of sound a little more Dixieland, a little more um, jazz, a little New Orleans kind of influence on it. So it was pretty upbeat. And um, so we didn't know that, but they actually concluded the worship service with that particular song. And what impacted us most is we walked out, first of all, with smiles on our faces. Who does that? Um, that's God's work. And, um, and as we did, we watched everybody stand up and clap. So we are so grateful. That is not us. And uh, that is totally God's work, and we are grateful.
0: So after that, you, you know, it was kind of a mountaintop moment. You would think that everything was all better. No, not even close. That was really just the start of things for us because, unfortunately, um, reality sets in, and I don't know. It, it's actually, I think, one of God's gifts um, to be in shock, so to speak, because mm-hmm. what slowly happens is as life goes on and you return to somewhat of a normal, a new normal, more things are revealed and kind of the the pain and the different things are slowly come uh into your life i think if you were to try and deal with absolutely everything all at once it would just be completely overwhelming when you try and understand the gravity of the situation so that is god in his divine mercy kind of slowly revealing some things and and helping you come to grips with that new normal because you know life has changed forever unfortunately as we say we we have a dust incised hole in our heart so um so the following week, um, again, Jackie's a church musician. What do you do? You, you, know, you go forth, and the next Sunday she was back behind the piano playing again. And you know, I'm pretty sure both of us probably cried through the whole worship service. She could hide behind the piano, but I couldn't. So I remember afterwards um, kind of just walking around in the fog, and a, a guy that we had met probably you know, less than a year prior came up to us and said, Welcome to the club that no one wants to join. And it turns out that his name is Doug, and he and his wife a few years prior had lost their 11-month-old daughter. And so it was like instant connection because for us it was like somebody understands, somebody gets this. And that was really an amazing experience for us. And we did join a support group called Grief Share, which is, and Jackie facilitated that actually for quite a number of years, which is a faith-based grief Support group, and, and that was extremely helpful, not only because of it you know, drives us into the Bible to learn what God has to say about all these, but you also meet other people who are struggling. There were families that had lost uh, children. There were families that had lost parents or lost a sibling. Um, but it all was an opportunity to, to spend time in God's word. To learn about that and to share each other's burdens because I mean, that's such a, a, a big, important thing for us. And one of the things we learned is that it's, it, it is really important um, to just dive right into it and, and not try and sugarcoat it or, or work your way around grief. You have to really lean into it.
1: Um, one of the things, too, um, just so maybe you can kind of put yourself in our shoes, or we can put ourselves in your shoes, is we wanted to point out, this isn't just, well, first of all, it's not just about, it's not about our son. It's really about um, the journey of loss and grace. For us, it's personal, and it's, you know, we certainly think about him a lot. We have also gone through the experiences of losing parents. Uh, My mom passed uh, one year after Dustin, and my, my father four years after that and then my brother two years later than that. So, I mean, and again, this is not about feeling sorry for ourselves, and by the way, Dan's dad just passed about two to three months ago. Um, It's more about being able to kind of hopefully help you to understand that we can relate to some of your losses, not completely, because everybody's is unique, but um, there are some experiences that they all have in common. So we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what we've gained from this, and we're hoping that this is stuff that will be helpful for you as well. And um, one of the things that helped us most, especially happened during Grief Share, and for me, I, you know, I probably struggled with the why, Lord. You know, I don't know if you heard Emily last night. She was talking about her friend who passed away. And I think even this morning, at one of the Bible studies, they were kind of, this just doesn't make sense. And we, we were there too, and, and still do occasionally. Uh, but one of the things that helped us was to back up a little bit and go back to creation. If you think about it, God's plan was never death. If you look at, and I'm going to pick on one of our guys here, if you would be willing uh, to read Genesis 1:27 and 31, it'll help us out a bit.
0: So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day.
1: Thank you. Awesome. Um, Notice it says, it was very good. Yeah. Uh, Meaning that God made it perfectly by his design. And someday, I promise you, we will see that again. But for now, uh, we also know that that's not exactly how things went. Now, God, in his grace and mercy, he chose us, he created us. But he also left us the option of free will so that we might choose him too. And, of course, he knew that involved risk. And you know the story, right? What happens with Adam and Eve, um, his first two humans... Uh, that he created his workmanship Um, Eve of course takes a bite of the apple Um, she gives it to Adam and before then we have sin in the world and with sin comes death so the reason that I bring that up is it reminded me that this was never God's plan death was not part of it and so for me to try to blame him or to accuse him of not caring is simply not true because that was never the plan in the first place
0: Therefore, just as sin entered into the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all sinned.
1: Right. Thank you. Uh, So, God God is not to blame. Death is a consequence of human sin, and because of that, we deal with it now. However, that's not the end of the story. And just to affirm that, I have a um, verse from 1 Corinthians. Just as everyone dies, because we all belong to Adam... Everyone who belongs to Christ will be given a new life, and that is what we can hang on to. Um, so when we started our grief journey, first thing I had to figure out was, what is grief? I don't know about you guys, but I re- honestly did not know what that meant. I do now, and, and if that is helpful for you, grief is really the pain of separation and it expresses itself in a whole bunch of different ways. So when we talk about grief, we're really talking about any of the emotions that are associated with being separated from the people that we love. So you know that there probably won't be more Christmases, there probably won't be any more Easters. Um, you may not get to see that person um, get married or um, just experience more time with them. And that is a difficult thing for us to deal with. But I love this quote from Zig Ziglar, and this actually comes out of our grief share too. I don't, you probably don't know who Zig Ziglar is because he actually is in heaven now, too. But he said, if there is no love, there would be no grief. If you didn't love that person, the separation would not be a big deal. So that, I hope, will bring a little bit of comfort that um, that that love will be, and it will be restored. God promises to redeem that. Sorry.
0: So we all end up grieving differently and in different ways, and that's okay. But one of the things we found is if you or someone you know um, you know, part, part of this is to help walk journeys with people you know and maybe it's you, maybe it's a friend but uh, you have to lean into it that's one of the things that we found you can't avoid it even though that goes against pretty much everything in our human nature is we want to avoid pain we want to do things to um, get away from it and that's not the healthy way to go about things because unfortunately that can lead to things such as you know pe- people find all sorts of ways to try and escape whether it's drugs alcohol uh, you know shopping pornography all sorts of different ways you have to lean into that because that's the the healthiest way to go about it and it's honestly it's okay you know to cry and we find that quite often um, crying tears is a healthy thing in fact want to go one more? Actually, there was something in Smithsonian Magazine that that this is another one of God's little gifts, that emotional tears, for instance, have been found to contain hormones that are natural painkillers that are released when the body is under stress. I think that's kind of cool, the fact that even when we're in in our lowest and we're in pain and bad things are happening, God finds ways to provide comfort to us. So that's something that's pretty awesome. And you know, that doesn't mean just, you know, I, I know it's probably not real manly to cry, but guys need to do it, too. Um, it, it's, it's very important. Okay, so, all right. So, um, other ways, to you know, obviously to lean into it is to pray and read your Bible. I don't know about you, but any, any sort of worthwhile relationship involves good communication. I mean, you have to be able to talk, and that includes, you know, mom and dad sisters. Okay, maybe not sisters. They're just sisters. But, uh, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. If if you're going to have any sort of relationship, you have to be able to communicate. And that same goes with God. I mean, God has heard everything. He knows your pain anyway. Bring it to him. Go ahead and just lay it out there. Say, God, I'm really hurting today, or I don't understand why I'm really angry. Whatever. Lay it out there, because he he can take it, but then he also provides answers. You know, spend time in your Bible. Um, join a support group. We we did, uh, like I said, through grief share. That was very helpful. Use the assistance of your, you know, pastor, your youth advisor, your uh, counselor, whatever sort of resource you have. Um, th- those people can be great resources to walk through your journey with you. If you like journaling, some some people, you know, writing, um, that's a good way to express your feelings, whether it's something you share with anybody or not. Just, you know, get about there. Some people like to use art and music, you know, painting or or singing, whatever it is, uh, some some sort of way to uh, um, find a healthy way to release and and deal with the grief and the anger and the feelings that you have at that point. And also, we found that looking at pictures or memorabilia, because unfortunately that person is not any longer physically with you. Um, You don't get to make any new memories. But that doesn't mean that you can't appreciate and enjoy the the memories that you do have and and keep that person as part of your life.
1: Another thing that we have found to be particularly helpful is to kind of keep, in our case, Dustin, as part of our our everyday. And we do that in different ways. Um, So, for example, let's just say at Christmas time, or maybe it's a time when we do a family photo, or in this instance, it was our daughter's wedding. And uh, that happened in 2017. And even though, and we did a couple of things. One thing was to acknowledge him by, he was her man of honor. So she had a maid of honor and she had a man of honor and that was Dustin. And that helped us to deal with the fact that he wasn't physically there, but he was always part of our family. So we've done that. Another thing we've done is we, and this actually is an idea that I got from Holly. I don't is Holly here by chance? I'm just checking. She, she's actually at the National Youth Gathering. She's a friend from GriefShare that we got to know. And she had used this idea, so I kind of begged, borrowed, and stole it from her. But it's really worked well for us, and that is to, um, we use letters, but there could be just ways. Sometimes we take pictures, you have a picture of him and put that right in with us. Because family photos without somebody you love is really hard and uh, especially when you, they should be there. And so what we did is we just had these letters and they kind of travel with us. If we go on vacation, we usually pull them out somewhere along the way. We have a picture by the Grand Canyon, thinking he probably would have been with us then too. And so we you know, hold those letters and it just make, gives us some comfort in feeling like he's part of our journey. So that's one of the ways that we've also um, found helpful for us. Sports or exercise? Um, getting outside, all those really, really, I think, are helpful. We, God even almost pushed us outside. Um, a lot of times he, we felt the call, like, go walk the dog. So we go walk the dog, and he would show us something in nature that gave us some encouragement. Um, but exercise has, oftentimes releases natural endorphins, another God gift, right? And that can kind of give you a little sense of welfare and, and um, feeling better when you're struggling. And the last one, I'll let you push a button on that. The last one um, is just trusting God's goodness. And that seems like it could be like, oh sure, that's easy to say. But what we found is that over the course of time, as you build a relationship with him, you're going to see him comfort you more and more. And you also see that God promised that he would make something good out of the crud and so um, and one of the examples I'd like to give is one, a, a story about Sav. Do you remember Sav? He was in the accident with Dustin. And Sav and Dustin were both hit by cars. And it just so happens that Dustin passed away from his injuries, but Sav sustained a broken collarbone. And so um, he was treated. He was at the funeral. He had his arm in a sling and everything, but he was right there with us. And um, shortly after... Um, the accident, several of Dustin's friends who had been all at different colleges transferred back to MSU Mankato, which is where the area in which we live now. And so they could continue with college, but they wanted to be closer to family and they wanted to be kind of closer to each other to kind of help each other out. And Dan and Pastor Monty, you'll see here, this picture here in a minute, um, recognized that and decided that maybe this would be a good opportunity to just do a little Bible study, a little gathering time for these guys. So Dan kind of led something, kept it really light, and but they, you know, talked about faith and yeah, how can you, you know, if as people of faith we need to be able to incorporate that into everything, especially our loss and our grief. And so he did that. And as he did that, um, Sav, who had been had grown up with parents who decided that you know, you can decide whatever you want to believe, or not believe, um, he, he started kind of tuning in. You know, what do these guys got? You know, what, what is this all about? And um, over the course of time, with Dan, with, with his friends, with Dustin's influence from, from growing up or having, being friends, um, Saab made the decision himself, uh, by the grace of God, of course, by the Holy Spirit, um, to become one of Jesus' children as well. So on January 13th, 30th, rather of 2013, Saul was baptized. What we didn't know is he walked in with his Dustin Lemke T-shirt on, which, you know, brought the tears instantly, of course, but really touched us that, you know, he felt that Dustin had an influence, but also the fact that he wanted to acknowledge him or remember him as he was baptized. So we kind of think of that as one of those examples where God doesn't necessarily fix it. He can't always, at least some things are just not fixable on this side of heaven, but he certainly brings something good out of something cruddy. And so, um, just to remind us from Romans eight you'll see, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, does that mean that Dustin had to d- die in order for Sav to be saved, um, we don't believe that, um, but we do see that God redeemed or made good out of things that are not always good. Um, we're going to switch gears just a little bit here and, and just kind of give you some other thoughts and ideas about um, grief and how some tools that that might be helpful for you. Um, first one, you've had many of you expressed that you've already had a grief experience of some sort or have lost somebody you love. Um, and I suspect you'll understand what I'm talking about here, but we found that it isn't helpful to compare yours with somebody else's or have somebody else compare theirs with yours. Every relationship is unique. Every loss is different. As an example, my dad passed away um, at the age of 89. doesn't mean that it's any less important, but my nieces and nephews lost their dad, um, and they were like early 20s. And My my brother was 54 and so if I were to try to compare my loss to theirs It just isn't the same and so we find that it's just helpful to encourage and love people, but not probably try to Say you know I get that and and uh, that is just like my situation Um, Grief comes and goes I found that extremely frustrating. I'm having a good day. I want to stay there and the next day is not like that And I don't know why um, and so that's really, really hard. And or it could even be that one moment you're feeling good and you're laughing about something, and the next minute you're crying, and you're like, "What is this?" You know, I mean, is this normal? And it absolutely is. So don't feel bad if you get in that situation. You know, you're human, and don't you know it's hard because you don't want to be like that. But it's still, it's not a lack of faith. It's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's just grief having to work its way, and, um, but it is a healing process, so trust that. Also, uh, be prepared to be blindsided, kind of like the example I just gave, just one minute you're fine, the next uh, you're not. Um, Dan will be fine, we'll be listening to the radio, he and Dustin shared a lot of music. Um, he was kind of a classic rock kind of guy, Dustin was, but then he had some other tunes that he liked, and so those two spent a lot of time talking over music and listening and jamming and so on. Well, guess what happens when someone of, one of Dustin's songs comes on the radio every once in a while? Yep, he becomes a puddle, just because it just stirs up those emotions, those things that he you know had with Dustin that maybe we won't get to do for a while. So um, it just happens. It's bl- you know It can blindside you, but it's all very normal. Um, just accept it and try to do the best you can. Also, it's easy to get stuck on why. Um, I've done that. I think this Emily that talked last night, if you heard her talked about why, Lord, this just makes no sense. This person was a light in this world. This may, you know, why is this happening? Um, And if you heard what she said, she also said, I don't think I'm going to get that answer on this side of heaven. And I would say that's probably a safe bet. Um... I did have a couple different pastors, kind of when I've talked to them about why, as I've struggled with, you know, why him, why now, why us? You know, he was he was a good kid. Why couldn't he stay? Type of thing. Um, one pastor just reminded me: remember, God sent His only Son to die for us when we're in our you know least lovable ways. He did that for us. Uh, the other. Uh, response that I think has been helpful for me in that, too, is, is actually a Bible verse from 1 Corinthians that I'm going to read to you. So it's, it's short, I promise. Uh, but it was this. Um, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And so sometimes God's going, I know. I know. But giving you that answer may not be helpful anyway. So that's when, you know, uh, your relationship with him, your time with him will really help you to trust him. And uh, and it's an investment that reaps for the rest of your life and eternity. So we just kind of hang in there and trust that God knows what he's doing and he's in control.
0: And we know it can be difficult at times to trust God, when, especially in the midst of uncertainty. But he has provided many promises. And I think a lot of you got a sheet when you came in. And those are just some of the verses that we have found to be very helpful. You can use them if you'd like. Um, you know, for example, you know, God loves you. you know, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. That's pretty straightforward. That's pretty stark. Um, God is near you when you're grieving. God is in control and knows your situation. One of the Bible verses that we lean on a lot, in fact, this is actually on Dustin's headstone, um, is Isaiah 43.1, I have called you by name, you are mine. So you want to talk about a real present God, he's putting his mark right on you, he's called you by name. So uh, God can make good out of bad situations. Death is not the final word. God has promised eternal life in heaven, will be an awesome place Mm. where we will be reunited with those that we love and those that we've lost. So, uh, you know, hopefully that's something that you can cling to. If you want to hang on to these, we've, we've handed these out at other times and people have made use of them. If you do great. Um, but just keep in mind that this is the God who gave his only son's life for us. And so I think he certainly has earned my trust, even though I don't have all the answers on this side of heaven. So I want to leave actually just one final anecdote. Um, it was the Thanksgiving after Dustin passed. So again, the accident was February. So this was like nine months later. We we were going to Thanksgiving worship. And of course, you know, music is just like a pathway to my heart. It's ridiculous. It's kind of embarrassing. But you know, it, it really is. So we knew that at Thanksgiving we needed to just kind of sneak in the back of the, of the church, find a place somewhere where we wouldn't be seen, because we knew we'd probably end up being, you know, just big puddles of goo anyway. And uh, shortly after we got there, I happened to look ahead a few rows and there was a young boy, you know, high school age, wearing a T-shirt that it it actually was from the local high school. Actually, it was the other team across town that had a a T-shirt that said, pain is temporary, victory is forever. And I don't think it was by accident that God put that message in front of us, even though, again, it was meant for a football team. But it, that it has stuck with us to this day, almost you know, nine years later, that we know that pain is temporary, but victory in Him is forever. So we just hope you'll cling to that as well.
1: All right, uh, we're going to wrap this up here, and we are going to leave a little time for you to ask questions. Not that we have it all figured out, but we might be have be able to give you some thoughts or ideas or suggestions or insight. Um, and there may be somebody else here. Who else might have some thoughts that would be helpful for you? Um, We do wanna draw your attention on the back side of that same sheet. There is some suggestions. Sometimes you're the griever, sometimes you're the person uh, that's around the grieving person. They're gonna need your grace. They're gonna need extra, they're gonna struggle. And it's gonna come out in all sorts of weird ways. Um, If you can just be patient with them, if you can be, you know, um, just give them a little extra time and you'll see some of the suggestions that we've made that, that we found helpful, but also what we found other people to say are helpful for them as well. So we're going to add, you know, just throwing that out there so in case you are in that situation, you have a few ideas on how you can be helpful for them. All right. Um, thank you so much. Um, we're going to close with prayer and then we'll, um, then we'll just leave it open for some questions. All right. Thank you, Lord God for the gift of this day. We won't get another one like it. And for these young adults, this is a very unique and awesome experience And for them to be at the National Youth Gathering. We thank you so much. We pray that you will touch their lives in ways that are everlasting. We ask Lord that you be that real present God to them this day and as they move forward, and we thank you for Jesus, for the Holy Spirit, and for the hope that we have that someday all of us will be with you in amazing joy in heaven with all of our loved ones, and that is your amazing gift to us. Thank you, Father. In your holy name we pray. Amen.